government are really afraid that Ukraine is collapsing and to save Zelensky, what they, they're supporting is for the U.S. military to get into Ukraine and face off against the uh, Russians. And primarily that 5,000 or under 5,000 uh, 101st Airborne that's in Romania right now would move on uh, Donbass, ensure that Donbass was not taken over by the Russians, and and we'd be face-to-face with uh, Russian guns. This is a disaster. It's not a good perspective. A, a horrible so- thing. We, 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 that's a, Bill brought up a whole other uh, subject that needs to be gotten into. We're not going to do it today. Joe, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming. Go to thank KBO. You for having me, Paul. Yeah. And go to KB, uh, go to Foreign Alliance, foreignpolicyalliance.org to find out more. Thanks everybody for listening. Bye. Bye. You're listening to KBOO Portland 90.7 FM. The time is 8.59 a.m. Next up is Fight the Empire. Well, good morning. This is this is Fight the Empire, and uh, my name is Per Fagring. And let's start out with a question: uh, Who blew up the uh, Nord Stream pipeline? Now, this is a uh, pipeline bringing uh, Russian uh, natural gas to Europe, and apparently the the U.S. is uh, is blaming Russia for doing this. Although I don't understand why why Russia would want to destroy its own, uh, you know, lucrative business. But uh, anyway, the uh, apparently the U.S. is blaming Russia for blowing up this pipeline under the, uh, under the Baltic Sea. Uh, but then at the same time, the U.S. Uh, uh, called this attack a tremendous opportunity. This is Antony Blinken, and he said this... Uh, uh, the U.S. sees a uh, a tremendous opportunity in this uh, attack on the uh, on the Russian pipeline. So uh, this, uh, you know, we have to wonder what is uh, what is going on here. What is the? Uh, uh, it, it makes little sense to me that the U.S. would uh, want to uh, that the Russia would want to blow up uh, its own pipeline that they helped build and. Uh, but there you have it. Uh, this the U.S. as as I said before, as Secretary of State Antony Blinken uh, calls the attack a uh, quote a tremendous opportunity, and it certainly is because with the uh, with the uh, pipeline uh, out of commission, then the U.S. Uh, 
can sell its uh, uh, liquid natural gas to Europe. Of course, it's more expensive because it comes from a greater distance. It has to be put on uh, uh, tankers. I guess the uh, the gas has to be uh, liquefied or something and kept uh, uh, kept freezing cold and put on tankers and uh, sent over to uh, to Europe. But this is uh, very profitable for the U.S. Uh, uh, oil and gas companies. Uh, so this is uh, here we have the situation in Europe now where. Uh, uh, where a pipeline has been destroyed, and we have this uh, big conflict of uh, who is responsible. Uh, if people want to phone in with a question or a comment, the uh, number is uh, 503-231-8187. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? you think that uh, this uh, could, be, could possibly lead to a greater conflict in Russia, or do you think uh, do you have a any great uh, confidence that the uh, uh, that with uh, with Donald Trump out of office, that somehow the uh, the Democrats will uh, will seize greater opportunities for a, a peaceful understanding with uh, with Russia. Uh, one thing that occurs to me is that. Uh, uh the, the democrats uh are often uh, are often the uh the people pushing for war and we recently a group of uh, progressive uh, uh democrats uh, uh called for a uh, uh for some kind of an understanding with uh, with russia for a peaceful working out of uh, of, of uh, problems, and right away uh, uh, the but they their call for a peaceful solution didn't last very long, because right after that uh, President Biden uh, called for the overthrow of uh, a Russian President uh, Putin, and uh, we have to ask what does he uh, what does he mean by that. Uh, this is not a defense of Putin. Uh, this is a, uh, a critique or criticism of calls for his overthrow. Uh, you may not like uh, Putin. I don't care for him that much. Uh, but uh, for uh, for the U.S. to go around overthrowing uh, uh, governments that we don't like is a is not a good idea. It is a uh, uh, it is sort of unfortunately it's the uh, the history of the United States. Uh, I have a, a kind of a list here. This is compiled by uh, author uh, William Blum, and it's, uh, it's it's called "Overthrowing Other People's Governments: The Master List." And he uh, finds uh, he he lists uh, this starting with uh, China in the very uh, late 1940s, uh, going on to present day, and uh, he. Uh, finds uh, 39 examples where the U.S. has overthrown a uh, a foreign government, and there are 57 attempts. And so this is a uh, kind of a uh, 
a horrible record for a country that is supposedly uh, uh, wants to uh, uh, have peaceful relations with the rest of the world, where uh, where you have uh, where they have overthrown or attempted to overthrow other governments uh, so often and so successfully. So this is a uh, uh, not a very good record. So uh, anyway, the uh, a group of uh, progressive uh, Democrats uh, uh, came out with a uh, statement that uh, uh, that the U.S. should not be in this uh, in this sort of uh, overthrowing business of overthrowing other governments, and uh, right away they were quashed, and they. Uh, their little brave effort did not last very long. Uh, they kind of caved in, and uh, so. And after that, then uh, the president, uh, President Biden, called for the overthrow of uh, of Vladimir Putin. And this, uh, like I said before, this is not a defense of Putin, but it's not our business to go around. Uh, we may not like him, but uh, he is uh, what the uh, Russian political system has produced, and it's uh, it's sort of I, I think it's really beyond us to change it very much. That, uh, but anyway, uh, President Biden's uh, statement was echo- echoed by nobody else but the uh, John Mol- uh, Bolton, who is sort of the arch warmonger. And he calls uh, again calls for the overthrow of uh, of Vladimir Putin, and then you have a lot of uh, people who uh, sort of speak in very rational terms as uh, as though this is uh, something that is worth doing. And uh, like I said before, the U.S. has overthrown 39 governments just since uh, the end of World War II back in the late 40s. And they tried uh, 57 times. So this is a uh, this is the sort of the record that uh, President Biden would bring to the American public and to any uh, adversary that we try and negotiate with. If people want to call in with a question or a comment, uh, uh, the number is 503-231. Eight one eight seven. We have Marcos on the line. Uh, we have somebody on the line. Good morning. You're on the air. Uh, good morning, Pear. We have so much to unpack, uh, so many lies to try to push back against, and not enough time. Uh, we're being told that Vladimir Putin has imperial designs on uh, the f- nations of the former Soviet Union and perhaps beyond. Maybe he'll take Poland or France, and he's choosing apparently a very bizarre way of meeting those ends if those are his ends uh, self-sabotage so he's blowing up his own pipeline Uh, Russia has had uh, control over the nuclear reactor uh, in Ukraine uh, pretty much since the beginning Uh, but we're being told that Russia is shelling its own people at that nuclear facility we're also being told that Russia uh, shelled a uh, uh, a POW camp where Azov Nazis were being held in preparation for a trial that uh, Russia wanted to put them on trial, but instead Russia decided to hit them with a um, with a rocket. 
um, we're being told a, a whole lot that we're being told that Russia blew up the bridge. So none of this really makes sense, but that's what we're expected to believe. It's it's a, it's a, the American people are being subjected to a, a campaign of disinformation. Um, we're hearing a lot about January 6th as being an attack on democracy. I would suggest that a far greater attack on democracy is the uh, propaganda war that's being waged on the American public. Uh, we are not being given the most basic information that in a democracy, an informed electorate would need to know. Um, Mike Pompeo and Michael McFaul, Mike Pompeo being the former Secretary of State, Michael McFaul being the former uh, uh, U.S. ambassador to Russia, have both admitted to lying. Uh, McFaul said, of course we lied, with a big toothy grin, and to which he was responded to by John Mearsheimer on a panel. Well, if we lie to our negotiating partners, why would they ever trust us? Uh, Mike Pompeo said, we lied, we stole, we cheated. Again, big smile, big, big, big laugh. And that sort of candor is supposed to be charming that, well, we lying is simply an instrument of statecraft. But we have to remember they're not just lying to foreigners. They're lying to the American people about the most crucial matters that the American people could possibly weigh in on. Mm-hmm. Well, there we are. It's, uh, this, uh, eventually, I mean, when the lies keep coming like that, uh, you know, then the, the anybody with thinking, any thinking person would... Uh, or discount whatever the, whatever our own government tells us, and it's interesting to me. I don't know. It seems to me that the uh, the you know the Democrats are supposed to be uh, you know a party of peace. Uh, uh, you know we, we as as opposed to uh, you know the kind of idiocy of the Trump administration. The Democrats sort of. Uh, Present themselves as sort of a rational uh, something rational after uh, after Donald Trump, but uh, we have to wonder what the what they may uh, they may not bluster and bully as much as uh, Trump did, but they have uh, uh, their agenda does not look very good. I mean, uh, do you feel uh, do you feel better off now that the Democrats with President Biden is in charge or not? This is a, it's a, uh, this is a question that uh, we should ask ourselves. I don't know. Uh, well, we, we, we have no progressives in Congress. Uh, we have no peace party. There's, there is no pushback against the war machine. Uh, that letter that you mentioned that was retracted within 24 hours was the most tepid, mild uh, request for negotiations. That was coupled with full-throated support for Ukraine, but with a caveat that could we also consider negotiations, and apparently that was too much for AOC and the squad and, and the other progressives. So we have none of that in Congress. Um, what we do have is um, a silencing of dissent. We have uh, one of my favorite commentators is former weapons inspector Scott Ritter, who was once again deplatformed from Twitter post Elon Musk. Uh, so he's had his Twitter account blocked twice 
uh, essentially for disagreeing with the official narrative of what happened in Bucha. Well, Phil, Phil uh, is, did, did Musk, uh, does he take control of uh, Well, he owns Twitter? it. Now he owns it. So He owns uh, it, okay. Was this an underling that somehow made a mistake? I don't know. I mean, we have to assume that if, if Musk owns it, that this is the new policy. Um, mm-hmm. but, but Scott Ritter long ago, uh, well, let me say something before that. The Washington Post and Amnesty International confirmed that the Ukrainian army was using Ukrainian citizens as human shields, that they were hiding military capacity uh, in in civilian areas and essentially making those people, those the civilians in that area, a target. Well, from the very beginning, if you remember the, the accusations of Russian war crimes, it was that the Russians are selling, shelling uh, apartment buildings with people in them, uh, shelling uh, hospitals, maternity wards. Uh, well, now we find out that the actual practice of the Ukrainian nationalists, the, the Ukrainian military, was very deliberately to push themselves in places where there were civilians, would be to take over a maternity hospital and use that as a firing position, to take over an apartment in an apartment building full of people and use that as a firing position. So when those targets are inevitably hit by the Russians, um, we're now being told that's a war crime. Well, the essence of all this is that that special military operation that we heard about from the beginning, that phrase was mocked uh, by the American media as as simply a disingenuous term for war. Uh, Scott Ritter reminds us that actual war, the way the United States pr- practices it, consider the attack on Iraq 20 years ago, shock and awe, uh, the United States took out the electrical capacity, water, communications, everything within the first few days of bombing. Uh, Russia has not wanted to do that. But now Russia will be doubling down. Now Russia will actually be waging a big war in Ukraine. Uh, And this was all preventable. There were negotiations that were very close to resolution back in April. Boris Johnson was sent to quash those negotiations between the Ukrainians and the Russians. Can you tell us more about that? This is something I've been uh, reading. Can can you fill us in a bit on that? What did did Boris Johnson actually do? Well... The, this was way back in April um, that there was actually negotiations between the Zelensky government and the Russians, and there were they were this was outside the country. Uh, I believe it was happening in Turkey, and Boris Johnson flew in at the last moment and basically just said, "Stop talking. We will back you to the war." So when we use the expression, or I shouldn't say we, <laughs> when Putin uses the expression special military operation what he was trying to say was that they wanted a very limited uh, Russian footprint in uh, in the country they didn't want to take over the entire country they wanted to defend the Russian people in the Donbass the Russian speaking people who were being attacked by Ukrainian nationalists and they also wanted to, to, to block the option of, of NATO missiles being installed in, in, in Ukraine but they, they didn't want a, a large footprint in Ukraine, from what, from what we hear. 
there was a lot of criticism about Russia having started their their invasion with too few people, with too 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 little uh, too little of a commitment. Or well, we might uh, even yeah. go back uh, sooner than that, and you could say this began when uh, uh, when the Ukrainian president uh, Viktor Yanukovych was overthrown, and I believe that Absolutely. happened back in 2014. He was a he was the elected president of uh, Ukraine, and he was overthrown by uh, by kind of the street rioters uh, in Kiev, and uh, he 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 took off, and he uh, so after he was overthrown. Then uh, and his followers went with him. Then uh, they had some kind of elections, and the and the president, the present government of Ukraine uh, began. But uh, it uh, this is something that people uh, overlook that it'll, that it'll, this elected uh, Ukrainian leader was overthrown uh, by the forces that we are allying ourselves with now. Well, we're told that Russia has no respect for the sovereignty of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Well, consider the, the respect that America showed uh, concerning the sovereignty of Ukraine at the time you're talking about, eight years ago. Victoria Nuland, out of our State Department, has said that we spent $5 billion, billion with a B, to uh, a- affect the political situation in Ukraine. Uh, we sent five American senators, Lindsey Graham, John McCain, uh, Etc. Amy Klobuchar, etc., went to Ukraine to encourage an uprising, basically saying, "We've got your back." And the, the 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 point of the spear of that uprising were literal Nazis, and we've been told for eight months now that Nazis are not Nazis, which is very interesting. Uh, well, they what, they're, what they're referring to is what's called the Azov Battalion, which is sort of, uh, I believe, it started out to be a kind of a uh, uh, private army that has uh, since been been absorbed into the into the Ukrainian uh, military. Well, if I was a Ukrainian Nazi and I was not a member of the Azovs, I'd be very resentful, pair, because there are many <laughs> there are many Nazi units in Ukraine. Azov is just getting all the glory, and, and I'm frankly a little annoyed about that. But mm-hmm. back to Azov, um, we're told continuously that how could there be Nazis if uh, Zelensky is Jewish? Well, um, we, we've we've had uh, uh, the, the John Stewart, an American Jewish comedian, just like Zelensky is a Ukrainian Jewish comedian. He actually hosted members of the Azov Battalion at, wait for it, Disneyland. Oh, really? There was, there was an event at Disney World where Azov uh, members who had been wounded were being given medals in a special ceremony, and John Stewart emceed the, those, eight, those the literal Nazis in Disney World. This was like a couple of months ago. Um, I mentioned previously Michael McFall, the, the former American ambassador. He hosted the Azovs at Stanford University. Uh, Azov members toured Congress, and, and many congressional members hosted them. Um, so the normalization of Nazis, uh, literal Nazis, people who worship Stefan Bandera, an actual Ukrainian Nazi from World War II, implicated in the murders of hundreds of thousands of Jews and Poles, uh, is 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 a national hero amongst Ukrainian nationalists. 
that is not all Ukrainians, but that is definitely the Ukrainian nationalist element, which is most most definitely Nazi, uh, Nazi patches, not, uh, Nazi chants, uh, racist uh, 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 attitudes towards Russians, viewing Russians as subhuman. Um, it's a very bizarre world pair. Well, I'm glad you you know you give us a lot to I think this uh, given our listeners a lot to uh, uh to look up and check out because this is sort of the uh, the hidden history here. We get uh kind of uh, kind of get beyond the uh, beyond the uh, sort of the uh, the talking points and the propaganda. We see the the real history that happens. I want to really thank you for your call. We have another uh, caller. We have another caller on the line. Yeah, Robbie. Okay, Robbie, I think Robbie on the on here. Stop that. Uh, I'm sorry, did you hear any of that? I can't quite hear you. Hello, can you hear me? me? I can now, yes, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, I was just saying I, I'm really glad you had that uh, this program. I, the last caller was uh, bringing up all the stuff that people really need to be uh, considering. Uh, from the very beginning, we have pushed uh, Ukraine into this provocation of, against Russia. And you can tell where the propaganda is when you're talking to people because the first thing that people who are there's talking points that get reiterated through the airwaves and so what happens is is you have people when you're trying to have this discussion about ukraine they say the first thing you'll hear is say oh well this war would end if russia uh left and you know didn't invade uh ukraine anymore and it's completely ignorant to so many facts of you know how they got to this situation um one of which is that blackwater and eric prince had 10 billion dollars there was a time article and it was basically uh, the CIA-sponsored uh, Blackwater. Eric Prince was given $10 billion to make a private army in Ukraine last year. That article hit. Um, and so, in, and on top of <laughs> on top of all the other provocation, but with the Azov Battalion, I really wanted to bring up what they did. What they were able to do is they're able to say, "Oh, the Azov Battalion is just a small fraction of the military." What they failed to mention is that the Azov Battalion is the main militia that uh, is is running the Ukrainian forces. Basically, the Ukrainian armed forces uh, take lead. Like there's these battalions help run it, and so they are the ones that are running all of the Ukrainian military. It's not just Azov. There's the right sector. Um, there's the national militia. Uh, there's the, and, and the thing is, is like this just gets so overrun. Uh, they just they can try to say it's just the Azov uh, battalion. But these there's hundreds of volunteer battalions and they're all based off of Azov. So they, they don't mention that, which is why you're seeing so many, you know, Nazi patches and emblems that the news has to like either change the picture when they report a story. Um, I, I don't mean to uh, talk too much, but I, I definitely am very passionate about this. And I'm glad that there's finally somewhat of a peace movement coming out about this. But, um, oh, yeah, so so the, the brainwashing points where it's, oh, well, if Russia just got out of Ukraine, and that's just so ignorant to the whole the whole situation at hand because, you know, again, you know, we provoked it. We've stunted all negotiations. And right now uh, we have the Democrats not able to get on board with this. And that's going to be a problem because, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, the self-righteousness 
in people on the side of the Democrats kind of answers for any questioning, like, and it just becomes this thing, oh, well, you're a Putin puppet, or, uh, you know, like, that's disinformation. And all the while, I just can't sit here and be like, wait, but you trust America? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> well, a what It kind of but... gets me that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, people feel so relieved that Donald Trump is no longer president. <laughs> they, they some because uh, pre- because Joe Biden uh, uh, pre- has does not bluster and bully as, as loudly as, as Trump did. That somehow he's uh, he's a better a better leader and a better uh, uh, better president than this. Uh, you know, <laughs> I would I would question that. I I would uh, there's so many things that were brought up by uh, listeners in this. Uh, in this uh, program that people can check it out for themselves but but go ahead we're we're near the end of the show do you want to uh, say a few more uh, f- oh i hello can you hear me yes well we can uh, yeah i just you know i really appreciate uh the this conversation i appreciate this because this is critical to informing uh you know our community about what's happening there and, and i did want to say i'll just end it with this is that um Oh, shoot, I just blanked out. Uh, oh, yeah, Syria. I was going to bring up Syria. I think I've, I've mentioned it to you before, that there's what is known as the Iraq-Iran friendship pipeline. Uh, Syria-Iraq-Iran friendship pipeline. And if you look at the Wikipedia, it's been constantly, <laughs> it's a Wikipedia page constantly being changed. But when you look it up, you'll see that that Syrian civil war conflict happened right when the finalization of this pipeline was supposed to be finished. And sure enough, and behold, you know, Assad started gassing his own people, I guess, because of that. And now America finds that we need to go in there and intervene and steal their oil. But um, yeah, the friendship pipeline seems to be the catalyst for the Syrian civil war with the proxy uh, uh, powers behind it. Okay, well, thank you for that call. I really, I think, uh, you know, there's so much information available online. I sort of encourage uh, listeners to, uh, 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 well, check us out, check the government out, go look it up, try and try and uh, find out, uh, find out for yourselves what the what the facts are. That uh, uh, seems to be one of the uh, one of the big facts that we should consider is that the U.S. has. Uh, has uh, actually overthrown 39 governments uh, since the end of uh, World War II. And as 39 times the U.S. has overthrown a government of a foreign country and has actually attempted to do that 57 times. So this kind of uh, recalls into question, you know, our uh, talks about self-determination and and whatever and uh, and 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 demo- democracy for the people so uh, this is something that uh, people can find out for themselves and i would encourage people to do that i want to thank my uh, thank the callers who uh, who phoned in presented us with information and uh, it's getting near the it's uh, 9:29 and want to thank people for listening and uh, this is uh, Pierre Fogring and the show has been fight the empire and uh, stay tuned because KBOO is your radio station and there's always something uh, something worth listening to on this radio station. So uh, I want to uh, say farewell for now. We will see you again uh, two weeks from now. Thank you very much.
Rise them up, KBOO 90.7. You don't know it's your girl, Tasha T. Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. 